Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the US Markets Wrap. I'm Sean Cheong for Money FM 89.3. There's some positivity in the markets overnight with both the Nasdaq Composite and the S&P 500 snapping three-day losing streaks. Investors are resuming to buy tech stocks, it seems, because the tech-heavy index rallied 1% to close at 13,630 points, while the S&P 500 rose 0.4% to 4,381 points. In the meantime, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was pretty much flat. In fact, it slid slightly by 0.01%. It ended the session at 33,946 points. For more insights, we are joined by David Dees, the Managing Principal and Senior Investment Strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, Good morning so much, Sean. All right. So, David, we know you've been watching the markets really, really, really closely. There seems to be a tug of war between the bull and the bear market camps. In your opinion, who's right? Uh, Retail investors, professional investors or insiders, the bull, the bears? Yeah, great question here. So, certainly, retail investors have gotten very bullish uh, recently, um, despite being told uh, invest in those high-yielding U.S. Treasuries yielding 5%. um, They're instead throwing money into uh, stocks, uh, particularly three stocks, uh, Sean. That would be Tesla, Apple, and NVIDIA, as these are deemed by these investors as can't-miss plays to take advantage of artificial intelligence, to take advantage of autonomous driving and all the other tech revolutions that are playing out. The problem, however, is that many professional investors are now getting, well, a little skeptical of the market. You know, now that the S&P 500 has risen to about 14% year-to-date, well, if it was to do the same thing for the second half of the year, we'd have a 28% year. But that pales compared to that triple Q with the NASDAQ, up 37% just since the start of the year. Can that pace keep going? And finally, insiders, those are people who either work for the company as senior management or have very large holdings seem to be cashing out. So for example, one of the founders, co-founders of NVIDIA just sold $51 million in the stock despite the retailers moving in. That's probably a little bit more than he needs for his kids' summer camp and <laughs> summer travel plans. Right. What's your outlook then on, on the tech sector? Should we keep this bullish outlook seeing that we're seeing Apple hit all-time highs, Tesla shares closing higher? You know, valuations do matter here. And of course, with the stocks having moved up so much. So for example, take NVIDIA. It's trading at about 220 times earnings, 41 times sales. Historically, that's just not sustainable. Now, a bull on Tesla came on the other day and said, well, Tesla is fairly valued because of the position it's going to have in the vehicle marketplace in the year 2030. You know, I have trouble figuring out what the weather is going to do tomorrow, much less figure out what the vehicle market is going to look like seven years from now. So I think valuations are stretched. Um, the bullish case is, of course, that there's a lot of stocks in the marketplace. For example, the Russell 2000 was down almost 1% today. They haven't moved much. And if, in fact, we are near the top of the Federal Reserve rate hikes um, and interest rates start to come down, uh, uh, investors could gravitate to some of those smaller companies. And so they can make money, but perhaps not so much in the mega cap techs.
So you mentioned how like the Russell, there seems to be a broadening out if you look at the Russell index and so on. But if you look at what happened yesterday in particular, tech seems to have lifted everyone up again. Everyone seems to be circling back to tech instead of picking up all the laggards. What should we make of this, that everyone just goes back to tech at the end of the day? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been in this business for a long time. I can remember back in 1999 and 2000 when it was all about the dot-coms. And indeed, we used the internet far more than we possibly imagined 22 years ago. The problem, of course, is tech stocks went on to drop 80% in 30 months from March 2000. So we have seen manias before, and of course, everyone is very excited about artificial intelligence, and over the long term, it can add to productivity. But I'm still, you know, holding a bunch of, well, a lot of clients are holding a lot of EV stocks that are down by 80%. You know, I'm still looking for the metaverse and for the alternative uh, reality, and, uh, you know, what happened to the cryptos and what happened to the uh, cannabis stocks. So one needs to be cautious about paying too much for or what seems like a good idea but may take a very long time to play out. It's a very good reminder. A lot of the EV stocks that's not named Tesla I have fallen apart, basically. I think if you look at it, I think, would it be fair to say that the top 10 largest stocks in the S&P seem to have decoupled from the next 10 and the next 10 and the next 10 because therefore a bit unusual. So should we therefore start looking at maybe stocks 11, 12, 13 straight to like 50 instead right now? Yeah, absolutely. For uh, a, a lot of reasons. But number one is, you know, valuations. So, for example, if you look at the stocks outside that magnificent seven or that top ten, valuations are far more reasonable. And if we don't have a hard landing in terms of recession, if, in fact, interest rates do come down, these could be very decent in investments. Uh, you know, we also think that people can't ignore bonds. I know it sounds a little boring, but the fact of the matter is with interest rates so high and inflation starting to recede, that real interest rate, meaning the difference between the actual interest rate and your inflation rate, is at really record levels going back close to 20 years, and they can become very attractive. Now, if interest rates start to come down, certain things have been left in the dust, like financial institutions could do better as their funding costs drop and the values of their portfolios stabilize. So you mentioned about inflation. Fed Chair Jerome Powell has actually warned that the Fed is expecting two more rate hikes. Is the market pricing that in because they believe that would actually happen? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I mean, right after the press press announcement last week, um, markets uh, seem to shake off what they're saying. I mean, it is really difficult to know what they're going to do. On the one hand, if they're so sure that they're going to rate, uh, hike rates, then why did they pause? Usually you pause because you're uncertain, but the therefore the uncertainty could mean a rate cut or a hold versus a hike. So to say, well, we're uncertain, but we know we're going to hike two more times seems a little disingenuous. There's a lot of political reasons out there. Some people think that they want to keep rates high and then cut them next year as we head down to a November 2024 presidential election. You know, on the other hand, of course, uh, market participants were taken off guard with the 50 basis point hike by England today, Norway, 50 basis points, Switzerland up. So definitely um, central banks are in the mood to keep hiking rates and, you know, higher interest rates as a general proposition is a negative for stocks. 
So would you think that the Bulls are being too rosy right now and actually don't have the control that they appear to have? I think that they are. I mean, your, your main positive, of course, is the AI, the artificial intelligence. But in the long term, these things do play out in terms of productivity and efficiency. But we're talking years. Historically, in the short term, you get this big pop and people realize it's going to take a lot of investment. It's going to take a lot of time. All the competition is going to come in. And so it's not going to be manna from heaven too quick. So I think there could be uh, excessive optimism, and that's reflected also by the movement of money by the retail investors in. They often come in late at the wrong time. So what are the other market vulnerabilities besides those that you've just mentioned? Well, we just heard today the 14th drop in the index of leading indicators. So obviously, you know, the signs for recession as reflected in that particular index are mounting. You know, we also have an inverted yield curve, meaning short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. Usually it's the other way around. Historically, inverted yield curves like we now have is a precursor to a recession. We've got a Fed who said uh, they won't say they're looking for a recession, but they're saying below trend growth is to be expected. They are actively trying to cool the economy. And so that's a big risk. If the economy cools, there's less demand out there. Less demand means less profits and all things being equal. You're going have lower stock prices. And finally, with the debt ceiling settlement, that has put some sort of a cap on uh, spending uh, by the federal government. When the government spends less, that's going to cool the economy. And finally, one last thing is um, during the pandemic era, the uh, uh, obligation to repay student loans was suspended. That's going to be reinstated. And that's going to affect 16% of Americans that are going to have to start repaying their student loans again. That's going to cut retail spending. Wow. Okay. So, David, summarizing everything that you just said, what would your outlook be for the second half of the year? What would be your investment picks? Absolutely. So, uh, needless to say, we are avoiding the Magnificent Seven, but we want to uh, stay in the game. We still like energy stocks generally. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Uh, policymakers and uh, big institutional investors are discouraging further exploration for fossil fuels for lots of good reasons. Uh, so, you're going to have less supply. The problem is for the average uh, Joe here in America, they want to have an electric vehicle, but they first want to finish using up the one they already own. <laughs> and of course, many, many people, ha- you know, heat their uh, homes with gas, gas, natural gas. And so that's not going to end quickly. So the problem is demand is going to stay constant. There's going to be less supply and you can see prices start to move up. Meanwhile, energy stocks have done very poorly this year. In many cases are trading at less than 10 times earnings. Their dividend yields are above average. So that could be an area that does well going forward. All right. So some nice risk reward possible there. Thank you for that, David. That's all the time we have today. And last thing before we go, you might have heard about the cage match. Elon Musk, our Mark Zuckerberg. Who have you got your money on? Uh, Zuckerberg. I mean, <laughs> Zuckerberg is much younger. I know he's been practicing his martial arts. And between the two of them, it seems like Elon Musk needs a little bit more publicity to uh, revive Twitter there. So my money's on Zuckerberg. All right, Zuckerberg. I might have to agree with you there. All right. Thank you very much, David. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, you too. We've been speaking with David. He's the Managing Principal and Senior Investment Strategist of PPAC Private Wealth Management. This is Money FM 89.3. I'm Sean Chong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.